Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. See, Jesus is Lord. God is good. It's awesome. I'm excited to speak with you guys today. Like I said, it's been about five weeks, and so I'm not going to go longer than maybe two, three hours today, so buckle in. It's going to be good. That's one of my dad's jokes, so, you know. But we've been doing this series called God on Film, and we've been doing it kind of simultaneously with the Palm Harbor campus, and uh, it's been cool. And so we've been bouncing different ideas back and forth. Sometimes we'll do the same uh, movie, maybe not. Uh, Last week, uh, Pete did an awesome job with The Matrix and just some cool ideas there. But today I want to talk from this idea of a movie called The Tomorrow War. Anyone seen this movie, The Tomorrow War? I think it's on, is it... Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's got Chris Pratt and some different, different actors in it. It's really crazy for a movie. Um, but no, it's, it's a really, it's a good movie. You know, although there, there are a few holes here and there, like every movie you can find those things, there were some things that I wanted to pull out of that today. And really the title of the message is The Tomorrow War. But, but here's the key thing, key in on this. Don't let tomorrow steal your today. Don't let tomorrow steal your today. So in the movie, uh, there's a group of time travelers that arrive in the year 2051 to deliver this really urgent message. It was 30 years in the future. They want to let everyone know that mankind is in this global war against a deadly alien species. Now, I know, I was thinking about this this morning as we're going through the movie. It's like, Pastor, why is every time you speak on God on film, it has something to do with alien? I don't know. I'm not obsessed with aliens. It's just there's, there, there's two huge genres right now, aliens and zombies, okay? Pretty much, if you want to see an alien or zombie movie, you got it, right? But there's this really cool story really in this. And again, like I said, although there's a lot of holes in the movie, Overall, I really thought it was pretty cool. And so the main characters are sent into the future to really try and help defeat this alien race so that their today, say today, is preserved. How many know that our today is really important? I know sometimes we get so future focused, we forget about the today. And so at the beginning of the film, the main character in the movie, his name's Dan, he's played by Chris Pratt. He loses his job opportunity to another person. And so he's really bummed. And he makes a statement at the beginning of the movie uh, to his wife and daughter as he's sitting there. He says, I am meant to do something special with my life. Now, I believe that all of us at some point in time, we've said this either out loud or to ourselves. I mean, life has got to be more than just this day-to-day, you know, put your nose to the grindstone. There's got to be more to life. There's got to be something special that I'm meant to do in this life. And so he's not satisfied with his job as a biology teacher and he aspires to more in life. How many would say you're in the same boat? You, no matter what your age, you're always aspiring to something more. I believe that that's spirit led and even spirit driven to be honest with you. But there's something about this idea of today because he's not satisfied with his job. And so in the movie, again, spoiler alert, that's kind of what it is. If you're going to, I'm going to basically give you the synopsis of the movie, but he finds out in the future from his future daughter, who of course is older, that because he's so focused on his tomorrow, he ends up missing out on his today with his family. And so she reveals to Dan that you know, he's dissatisfied with his life after losing this job, and he ends up abandoning his family, and then he dies in a car crash about eight years later. 
And so it's, it's not a very happy story at that point. And you can see in the character's eyes when he realizes, what did I do? But for me, something that I really took away from the movie, I believe more than anything else, is that sometimes we get so caught up in our tomorrow that we forget about our today. There's no focus on today. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. He says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Really wise words of Jesus here. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Bring your focus back to today. Now, I believe what he's not saying is that tomorrow doesn't matter, right? I mean, you know, if you want to get an education or you want to get a skilled trade or you want to plan for your future or retirement, things like that, I get that. Those are completely important to do. But look at where his focus is here, right? He's saying that today matters. In fact, I think we can get a, a much, more, much more clarity to this if we look at what Jesus is saying in the message translation. Listen to this. He says, give your attention to what God is doing right now. Give your attention to what God is doing right now. How many know sometimes that's work? I'm the kind of person that's always looking ahead, looking ahead. In fact, I've said this before, because of my personality, a lot of times I won't step out into something because I have to have all my ducks in a row. And so I get so focused on what can I do in my planning to make sure I can take the next step. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus is trying to to bring clarity to something here in our lives. He says, give your attention to what God is doing right now. And look at this. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. See, here's the bottom line. We have been called to live today, not tomorrow. Let me say it again. We have been called to live today, not tomorrow. Uh, Pastor Chris has this, have you ever heard of the saying, you know, YOLO, you only live once? Well, he kind of says it like this, you only love once. I, I like that, that alternative there because how many know that our life, the litmus test of really for me, I guess, and for you as a believer, a follower of Jesus, in, am I making the right decision? Am I treating people right? Am I doing it right? Is the litmus test is love. If love's involved, then that's good. Most likely you're going to make the right decision. But a lot of times it's not. So here's the question. Why not embrace your today? For some of us, it could be just learning that new skill. You know, spending real quality time with your loved ones. How many know, I know as a father, sometimes I can be at home, but I can maybe not be present. There's, there's a big difference, right? Uh, maybe it's hiking that trail, going on that trip. Maybe it's sharing your story with a coworker who maybe needs to hear that story. Maybe Holy Spirit has been working in your heart to share that story that could bring some freedom, bring some understanding and some clarity into their life, and you haven't yet. Maybe today's the day to go, you know what? Maybe I should just actually walk out this love and be generous today. So these are important things to do, and the question is, why wait? It brings me to this idea of some people who just... They, they live in the moment. Uh, my youngest son, Aiden's like this. He, he lives in the moment. Uh, he has a passion for things more than many people I know. And I remember this one time, the, the guys group here, just a few years back, we went to a Tigers baseball game and it was a father-son deal. And so we get out of church and as soon as we're done, we jump in the car, we, we run, everyone runs through a different drive-through or something to get some food real quick so we can get down to the stadium. 
And uh, I don't know if you've been down there, but you go down to Detroit and then you have to find parking somewhere as close as you can. But usually you got quite a, a trek, quite a hike to get to the stadium. And so we all park, we make sure we're together and we're good to go. And Aiden, being excited, you know, like he is, he didn't eat all of his lunch. He said, well, just bring it with you. You can eat what you can and you can throw the rest away at the gate. He's like, I can't take it in with me. I'm like, no, they've got like $25 personal pizzas and stuff you can buy in there but just bring it along. So he's eating his lunch and we're just walking along the streets of Detroit and they've made it really beautiful down there. They've really built it up nice. We're heading to the stadium. Well, we come across the street and there's a homeless man and he's sitting there and he's got his sign and he's asking for money. And Aiden sees this homeless man and he's like, dad, what, what, what's, what's this guy doing? I mean, he, what's going on? And I explained to him, well, he's homeless. He goes, wait, wait, he doesn't have a home? I said, no, he doesn't have a home. He's like, that's really sad. I'm like, I know it is. He goes, well, what's he need? And he's, I said, well, he's asking for money. He goes, I don't have any money. I got my lunch. I'm like, uh, okay. Um, well, what do you want to do? He goes, can I ask him if he wants the rest of my lunch? I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional here. And I was like, sure, of course you can. So he's like, okay. So he goes over, he says, excuse me, sir. He goes, would you want the rest of my lunch? I ate some of it, but there's some left. And that guy was so blessed. He was just so happy. He's like, thank you, young man. Thank you so much. And he immediately started eating and we're walking away and you could just see this fulfillment in Aiden. And even the guys around us were like, dude, he just like stepped right out there and just did it. But that's how he is. See, he sees his opportunities. He doesn't just seize, he sees the opportunities and then he seizes the opportunities because for a lot of us, we miss that. Even me with, you know, the title pastor probably would have missed that. Oh, another homeless guy. Let's get to the game. I'm just being honest. It's easy to miss stuff like that. Hey, have you ever noticed this, that, you know, those who are parents, it's like we, we train and we teach our kids so many things, don't we? But have you ever just stopped to think about how much our kids teach us? It's just truth. And so it's in those moments when I realized, wow, he literally didn't let this opportunity pass. He saw the opportunity and he didn't let it pass. I think it's so important that that's really how we are in life. And sometimes when we're so future driven, we do forget about the here, the now, the today. And we're, we, we're unable to even hear voice of the spirit when, he, uh, when he's moving us to see a need or to meet a need. Does that make sense? And so I think it's important that we see what Jesus is saying here. See, children sometimes, they teach us because they just have this innocence. They, they have this childlike faith. There's no inhibitions. You ever notice this? And sometimes we try to squelch that, right? I mean, for a lot of us, you know, we've gone through life and maybe through the course of life's discouragements and letdowns, we learn to somehow turn off the creativity, to turn off the ability to live in the moment to turn off the ability to actually live out our passions. What do you have a passion for? But I'm here today to say it's never too late. It doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. It doesn't matter. If you're over 60, you, no, I'm just kidding. But, but the point is, no matter where you are in life, what is your passion? What has God put in you? Even if you haven't fulfilled that or walked it out, today could be the day where you start. And so I believe there's so much truth to what Jesus is saying. But what does Jesus call us to do? He calls us to live today, not tomorrow. 
And I know this, sometimes it's kind of an odd thing to, to hear in church because we make things so much about the future. But if you look at the life of the apostles, if you look at the life of Jesus, it wasn't about just this place in the sweet by and by. It was about the here and now. It was about living life here. And you know, in this movie, by the end of the movie, Dan states something that was really, really powerful to me. Of course, spoiler alert, but uh, knowing that the war is averted and humanity is saved, you can see now Dan is completely determined not to make the same mistakes that his daughter had warned him about for his future. And he makes this statement. As he's standing there with his family there in front of him, he says, my best future is right in front of me. See, I think... Sometimes we miss out on this. Sometimes we need to look at what's right in front of us, our husband, our wife, our significant other, our family, our friendships and those relationships, our wins and our successes that we've had that day and celebrate them. Because how many notice that it's so much easier to focus on the negative in life? Oh, sure, that went really well, but look at these three things that didn't. Listen, I'm, I'm right, right there with you. Not preaching at you, preaching to myself too that we've got to seize these opportunities. And what happens is it brings an appreciation. It, it brings a thankfulness that both Jesus and the apostles tell us to live by, live with thankfulness, to live every day thankful and grateful. Again, we have been called to live today, not tomorrow. So today I just want to look at three things that can help us understand not just what this is, but what this looks like. How should this play out in our life? So number one, say number one. You have purpose here and now. You have purpose here and now. I think it's interesting that in churches, most churches at some point, you're going to hear a message about purpose, that you have purpose. But then out of the other side of our mouth, we're talking about something later. And so I believe that our purpose is really about the here and now. That's why I said you have purpose and added here and now because it's not just about then or later, it's about here and now. Look what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter five. I'm gonna start in verse 14. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be what? Light, bringing out the God colors in this world. So we can see here Jesus is saying that there is something to do here and now. You have purpose here and now. He goes on to say, God is not a secret to be kept. We're public, or we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you didn't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you here on a hilltop, on a light stand, what do we do? Say it with me. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Do you realize that sometimes the only picture of God that people will have is you? And I think we've spent far too much time painting angry, retributive pictures of God. I think it's time to, how's he put it? Gen paint a picture of a generous Father in heaven. Isn't that awesome? We've been called to live today, not tomorrow. See, you can see this all through the ministry of Jesus. He's dealing with people on the here and now. He's bringing healing, restoration here and now. We could call it salvation. If you've gone here any amount of time, you know that the Greek definition of the word salvation, translated into English, is what? Preservation, safety, healing. Come on. That's awesome. Deliverance. 
How many know I don't need that later after I die? I can use some of that salvation right now. That's why the apostles say to those, what, being saved, work out your salvation. See, it's not a one-time thing where you pray a prayer and you're done. There is a whole life to lead. I want salvation. I want deliverance, preservation, safety, healing, wholeness. I want that now. How about you? We've been called to live today, not tomorrow. So number one, you have purpose here and now. Number two, we were made for here, listen to me, not hereafter. Now, this is a mess with some people's heads if you've grown up in church. Because, again, I don't believe in a malicious way or even in a wrong way. Listen, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can I get an amen? But I'm not in a hurry to get into eternity. I happen to love this life. I love my family. I love people. I believe we have a purpose for here and now, like we just talked about. But listen, we were made for here, not hereafter. Give a scripture and verse, Pastor. Okay, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26, let's start there. God spoke, say God spoke. This is so cool, look at this. Let us make human beings, say that's me. Look at the person next to you, say that's you. In our image, make them reflecting our nature. This is huge. How many know Pastor Andy talks about this a lot, but we're image bearers, aren't we? When you start to realize that those around you, even the people you don't like, even the people who believe different things in you, that they're image bearers too. I mean, think about the gospel itself and the apostles. They were constantly teaching this idea of awake to your righteousness. You're sleeping, awake. So even if people don't know who they are yet, it doesn't mean they aren't that already. Come on, how powerful is God? I mean, if we're made in his image and likeness, it says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. This changes how you view others, or at least it should. Look at this. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. How many know the planet is important? How many know there's nothing wrong with desiring to take care of it? This was the original mandate in the creation story. Take care of the planet. But here's the problem. Sometimes we're so future focused. Jesus, come back and take us away. Let it all burn that we missed the point. I know I'm messing with some ideas. And eschatology does matter. We're not going to get in that today. But, but listen to me. Our original design was for this earth. When God created us, where did he put us? In the earth. And I appreciate people who write lyrics like, I can't wait to get home and heaven is my home. But if that's your home, why weren't you born there? And people can say things, well, yeah, but you're not of this world. Yeah, the world system, you're of the kingdom. It's not the planet, you're of the planet. In fact, you know that like literally you and stars are made out of the same stuff? That's awesome. So your connection is to this earth. I'm not saying that there isn't eternity, that there isn't heaven, however that is. I don't know how that looks. I mean, I know we usually have, it's in the clouds and there's a throne and there's a, a white guy with a big beard on a throne. I, I, I know we try to draw pictures. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. 
I don't know how it all, I mean, especially if you start to study things like string theory and all that, you go, whoa, there's so much more going on here. God must be bigger than I thought. But my point here today is sometimes we focus so much on there and we're even pushed in that direction through teachings that we begin to hate the very planet that we're on. And God says, no, be responsible. Take care of the planet. Take care of the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, every animal. Look at this. God created human beings. He created them God-like. Look at this, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Look at this, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Can someone see, first of all, that we have purpose? Can you see, secondly, that sometimes we miss that purpose because we're too focused on the future or the tomorrow? I'm telling you, there's something about that today. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. He says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Listen to this even before we were born. Did you catch this? See, this is, this is Bruce for me, like I love science like you do, and as I, I see things about you know, how things break down in quantum physics, and you start going, whoa, you're like, how is this possible? Well, just study some quantum physics until your mind goes blank, and you're like, okay, somehow this is possible. But even before you were born, we say this, make it personal, before I was born, God planned in advance Come on, listen to me, our destiny. Wow. And the good works we would do to fulfill it. See, sometimes I think why people just go a little stir crazy and do stuff that just doesn't make sense or, you know, uh, commit just heinous acts in life is because they don't realize that they have purpose. They don't realize who they are. They've lost their identity. And so this isn't just a message for here, here in a church building on a Sunday morning. This is a message the world needs to hear. You have purpose. You have design. And it's not this weird, like, you know, bullseye thing we talked about where there's the perfect will, there's the permissive will, and outside that, God knows what's going to happen. No, I believe we can know the will of God by, by, by finding out uh, what is my passion What do I have a passion for? I've said it before that sometimes we have this idea that, okay, if there's anything in the world that you would hate more than anything, what would it be? Uh, Going to China. That's what God wants you to do. Why? Because you have to sacrifice. Hmm. I think God already did that. God has always been the example of sacrifice. We realize this, right? It still boggles my mind that even when Adam and Eve decided to eat of the wrong tree, the tree that would make them godlike, not realizing, realizing they already were, and they didn't have to know the difference between good and evil, but they wanted to put themselves up in the position of God to make those decisions. Even when they made the decision, God didn't run from them, he ran to them. He sought them out. And so they would feel better about this relationship. What did God do? He offered the very first animal sacrifice. God did. Adam and Eve didn't offer a sacrifice so God would be okay with them. God actually offered the sacrifice and then clothed their shame to say, listen, your position hasn't changed. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. We got to work through some things because your mind has changed about me. Paul says that we've become enemies of God in our minds. 
we pick God against us when he's never been. Really interesting, isn't it? And so we see this story even up into where Jesus shows up on the scene and becomes the ultimate sacrifice. Greater love has no man than this than to lay his life down for another. And in full display, you see love, innocent man. And even on the cross, when he's treated unjustly, when he's killed on a cross and doesn't deserve it, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Jesus is trying to help you identify the truth about yourself, who you are, whose you are, your source, your origin, where you've come from, and that you have purpose and you have meaning. But the thing is, again, if we're so focused on tomorrow, guess what? We lose out on today. Today is so important. We've been called to live today, not tomorrow. Number three, final for today, Jesus took care of tomorrow so you can live today. Think about this. Jesus took care of tomorrow so you can live today. Look at how the Apostle Paul describes the victory that Christ obtained for us through his death, burial, and resurrection right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start with verse 54. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, listen to this, death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. I love this version. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But look at this, but we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. But look at this verse 58. This is so cool. So now, say so now. Not tomorrow. So now, stand firm, stable, and enduring. And get this next sentence here. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. How many of us can honestly say that I live each day with an unshakable confidence? See, first of all, you have to know who you are. But once you do, you can live in this unshakable confidence. Look at this. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union, say union, with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Do you see here that we are not in this life alone? It's not like this message is self-help. It's not you doing this on your own. It's not you, like Pete jokingly said last week, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. This is a life right here. It says that we are assured that our union with the Lord, say union again. You realize it's not completely up to you to bear fruit? In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, you can produce nothing without me. Come on. So we're in this thing together. And this, this word union in the Greek, it literally means to be cemented together. No one can pull you out of this bond. That's beautiful. Sometimes, I mean, I talk to believers who, Christ followers who really are afraid. Well, I, I did this and that and I screwed that up and I thought that. And, the, and they think that like their union, it like it separates, it goes back together. It separates, it goes back together. And it's all dependent on them. Listen, salvation is dependent on the Lord. That's the, that's the beauty of grace. 
right? Unmerited favor. It's something that's given freely. But grace isn't just like this, this key or this, this ticket that's punched to go to somewhere in the future. It's grace to live now. It's empowerment to live now, to find that purpose, to find that plan uh, for your life, to actually walk this thing out in confidence, like the Apostle Paul says. He says, because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that, I love this last word, endures. It's fruit that endures. So Jesus conquered death by taking care of the sin problem. And sometimes from pulpits all across the world, we just keep bringing up this problem. Did Jesus take care of it or not? Now I get it. People go, but pastor, I mean, people are going to go crazy. I mean, you got to tell them what, what, what they can, can and can't do. Well, the law did that and it didn't work. But what if we tell people who they are? We introduce themselves to themselves. We open up, we, let, let me say this, we open up the, their hearts to receive the revelation of the truth of who they are. See, this is what happens in my life. Now again, let's be honest, we all speak from experience, right? So your experience could be different than mine. But I know my experience is once I begin to awaken to my righteousness, right standing with God, the grace and love that he's already given me, the fact that I'm completely forgiven past, present, and future, it completely changed everything for me. And then I started making different decisions based on that proper identity. Does that make sense? So sometimes what we do is, well, one preacher calls it whack-a-mole preaching. What's going on in the congregation? We'll hammer that for a while. What's going on in the congregation? We'll hammer that for a while. Instead of just preaching their identity. I like what Bishop Jamie Engelhardt, he said, and this is really what Jesus did and we should do. We should, be, we should be identifying and calling out the son, which by the way, ladies, that, that's for you too. We should be calling out the son in people's lives, not the sin in people's lives. When we do that, the sin begins to change. See, what we see is we see sin is an action or actions, Right? But the word sin, hamartia, in the Greek, it literally means to operate outside your true identity. So the actions that we call sins, plural, is a byproduct of us living out a false identity. This is making sense. And so that's why it's so important that we're not just hammering on actions. We need to deal with the heart. See, when the heart changes, when you awaken to your righteousness, when you begin to see who you are, you will begin to live out of true identity and you will make different decisions. You will have different actions. You'll have different thoughts. It's, it's just amazing how it works. So sometimes I do think we put the cart before the horse. But Jesus conquered death by taking care of the sin problem, which I believe is what's holding us back from living our true life. Again, sin is what? It's living out of false identity. And it causes us to do what? To shrink back from life. But, but listen to me, knowing who you are causes you to step out by faith and embrace your call to embrace your today. And I believe that Jesus made a big deal about this. Embrace your today. Because again, it's about living for today, not tomorrow. So think about this. God has completely forgiven you. You are awakening to your true purpose in this life. And as far as God's concerned, it's settled. Now it's up to you to just, I guess, awaken to have that revelation of who you truly are and what you're truly called to do and to be. So the one big thing I can say to you today is go 
live. Go live your life day by day. Because that was the plan all along. We have been called to live today, not tomorrow. I want you guys to, to, to all look at me today. And I, I, I wish there was a way I could say this to each one of you uh, personally. But you need to know this. That you bring something unique to your family. Something unique to the church. Something unique to the world. You do. Maybe you were raised in a home where you were put down and said you'd never amount to anything. Maybe you've just had, you've been beaten up so much through life that you can't see this, but the truth about you, you may not even see, but the truth about you is a story that God's telling you about yourself. And you do have these unique passions and desires and gifts and callings for a reason. And guess what? We need you. So it's important that you begin to awaken to this and live today, not tomorrow. Begin today, live today, be you today. Say that with me. Begin today, live today, be you today. Isn't that awesome? Will you stand with me? Normally at this time, we'll, I'll just pray some, you know, beautiful, religious, spiritual, so spiritual sometimes, you know, prayer over you because I'm a pastor. I'm just joking, but I usually pray over you. But as I was looking through this, this message today and these scriptures, my prayer today as we close, I want it to be the prayer that Paul prays over the Ephesians. I, I believe this is absolutely beautiful. So as we stand here together, I believe this is really can be a powerful moment. Just bow your head, maybe close your eyes just so you can concentrate on these words. But I want you to meditate on this. I want you to embrace what the Apostle Paul says here. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in knowledge of your God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of us, the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Holy Spirit, I pray that these words are sealed in our heart this morning. That we begin to see that we are called, that we have purpose, that we're not here merely by accident, but that we have a major role to play in this world, bringing kingdom life to those around us. I pray if there's anyone here this morning who's struggling with a sense of identity, who they truly are, that they would realize that they are sons and daughters of God, that we are image bearers of you. And it's in this place, it's in this space that we begin to open up and discover the truth of this and how deep it goes, how big it is, and how much we're loved.
We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.